0: Hello and welcome to the next episode of Lost in Criterion. I'm John Patrick oatari Dorgan, and with me, as always, is a man with a very confusing van. I am the Adam Glass, and
1: I thought the subtitle said shed. Shed.
0: The van. But the the subtitles say about. say van. I'm assuming that the van is an old delivery van that has been Maybe. parked and turned into a shed. Is it possible we got different translations?
1: Yeah. Did you watch it on
0: Criterion? Yeah. Did Criterion update it between your watching and my watching? But oh fuck, there's a typo in this.
1: That doesn't. <laughs> that would make very weird sense. Um, anyway. Uh <laughs> Yeah, I don't know man. I don't know. Maybe maybe, maybe my I brain just thought believe it. to shed because it was a shed. <laughs> so there's a lot of ways there's a lot of ways our brains are dumb. Uh and uh let's blame us both. And it's some some mystery third thing. <laughs> yeah, 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 it's neither shed nor man.
0: Uh, uh, I just like the idea that neither yeah. of us is really willing to go back and find out. So Because I'll forget about this in about (laughs) half an hour or so.
1: Pat, before we get into our movie this week, I do want to talk about our Patreon. It's patreon.com slash criterion. You do that, Adam. Go get them, tiger. I'm going to. I'm going to. Over there for just a dollar a month, you can help keep us going and get access to some bonus content. We do a non-criterion film over there every month. Our supporters get to vote on what it's going to be. They draw from a list that I put together usually, but sometimes I take... Uh, Supporter suggestions on what the list is going to be. Just non-criterion films is really the only core, the only qualification for for that list. So sometimes they're really good movies. Sometimes they're really bad movies. Sometimes they're movies that should be in the Criterion Collection. Sometimes they're movies that only will be in the Criterion Collection when the Criterion Collection contains all movies, which we're steadily marking right. Towards, I mean, so to be
0: fair, to that happen. is one more criteria than Criterion Collection has with
1: regards to what can right, or cannot right, be in the Criterion right. Collection. <laughs> Yes, yes. As long as they haven't done it yet. Right, uh, they have zero criteria We have one we have later too. So, yeah, yeah. Uh, but yeah, we do have a lot of fun. And like I said, $1 a month gets you access to that entire back catalog of bonus episodes, gets you the vote, and just really helps keep us going. Yeah, and we're so glad for all helpful. our $1 supporters. A bit above that for folks who can afford it and want to help us out a little bit more, we'd like to thank those people on air, our $5 supporters. Thank you so much to them, Andrew Jarrett, Chris Otto, Eric Coronado, and Stephen Goldmeyer. Yes, thank you. Above that, Pat makes a piece of art based on one of the movies that we've watched recently, and I get that printed up on a postcard and write a personalized thank you note, like I said, once a month. We send that off to our $10 and above supporters, and we like to thank them on air as well. Thank you so much to Nia to Jason Westhaver, Tracy McGrath, and Patrick Yako, our $10 and above supporters. Thank you. And... Adam Speakerman, I forgot to mention Adam Speakerman. Absolutely thank you to him as well. If you want to see those postcards without committing to that $10 marquee, head over to RedBubble.com, search for Lost and Criterion there. We'll pop up with uh, nearly all of our postcards. Some of Good them number. are too hot for RedBubble. Yeah, yeah, they term. are. Uh,
0: you can only order them on VHS off of late-night TV. <laughs>
1: Yes, yes. It has to have has to have the censored bar over Godzilla's face because that's, <laughs> because that's, what, that's what'll what get me in trouble. <laughs> yeah. Uh you can get it in a box yeah. set with Akira uh, the, and, and some other stuff. It'll be fine. Yes, yes. Uh it'll be great. It'll be great. But no, you can head over to Redbubble and search for Lost and I and get those as postcards, as greeting cards if you want to write a little bit more, as stickers if you don't want to write at all. Uh some of them as pins if you wanna let your clothes do your talking for you or you know one as a t-shirt but if you see anything on the Redbubble shop that you think you would like to own in a format that we do not currently offer let me know because that's what happened with the t-shirt we'll, and we'll try the t-shirt we'll exists do, because we'll do someone said hey I want to make a t-shirt yeah.
0: yeah. some of it it
1: may not be yeah, possible as long as the art
0: works some of it will it's up in the air
1: yeah but thank you so much to everyone who has purchased anything from the Red Bubble. Thank you to everybody who supports us on Patreon, and thank you to you for listening. Yes, thank you, everyone. Pat, this week we're watching L'enfant nu, or Naked Childhood. Uh, it's from nineteen sixty-eight. It is the directorial debut of Maurice Pialat. Well,
0: his, his full-length Pilate.
1: directorial debut, right? Because he made that little short. Yes, thing. yes, he his full-length. Yes, he had done one short prior. He did a short in nineteen sixty. Uh, that Truffaut really loved when he saw it. I don't know why it took eight years, but Truffaut (laughs) Truffaut saw it and then decided that he would finance Piela's uh, first full-length feature. Um, And Piela was a little older than Truffaut at the time. Uh, Piela's in his mid-40s when he makes this film, I believe. Uh, He's sort of... I call them, uh, I think it it might be accurate to call them the lost generation of French directors because they just exist in the shadow of the new wave. Right. And no, at least no one in America uh, was paying attention to any of these guys at the time. Um, we've seen a film from P.L.A. before, but it's one of his later works from, from 1985. Uh that we watched a long time what ago. What was that? And it was another coming of age thing. Ninety eight. It was five. uh police no. more. Oh, okay. I know some more from it was Spy number three thirty seven. It's it's about a young woman who a fifteen year old who is having uh issues with her family while she is having her sexual awakening as well that, I don't know I mean I say uh, that sounds vaguely, I vaguely remember like, the
0: film, vaguely familiar but then again that's also probably describing way more <laughs> than one movie we watched.
1: If, if, 15 year olds having their sexual awakening does does Depends describe an alarming warm amount of criterion films yeah.
0: <laughs> and specifically a yes. French Italian film particularly theme.
1: yeah yeah particularly mid-century French and Italian <laughs> 85 is actually a little late for that. Sort yeah, of thing. it really seems but, like somebody's showing up to whatever. the party late, frankly. Yeah, yeah. Um, but yeah, uh, L'Infant Neu, uh started life as a documentary, kind of. Uh, PLA had, I think, read an article about adoption and decided he wanted to make a documentary about adoption. And then in researching for that documentary he met a doctor who was all like oh you should focus and not do about adoption in general but particularly about the foster care system and pl was like oh yeah that's a great idea and then started making this movie and there's bits in this movie that are more documentarian or more recreations. Right. I mean, it kind of fits into that
0: kind of weird, uncom- like not uncomfortable space, but we've seen movies that sort of fit into this category yeah. before. We're just like, well, right. certainly right. not a documentary, but there's an awful lot of real life in it.
1: Yeah. And there's, there's a lot in this movie that is didactically explaining the bureau- <laughs> bureaucratic process of what's going on right. here, too. Right. Um And the nuts and bolts of of uh, abandoned children and what's going on, which is not a problem, you know. Certainly, a, no. a, a film like this providing its own its own context makes sense. Uh, but Pila sort of morphed, from what I've read, morphed what the movie was going to be as it was happening. It was always meant to be narrative because they had cast the kid, right? Right, and the kid was an actor, so. Like, he existed. I mean, this was his first film as well, but he wasn't playing himself. Right. Unsurprising that Truffaut sort of supported this idea, given given that this seems like a companion's piece to 400 Blows in a lot of ways. Right, yes. I mean, it really uh, does. And
0: I think that's part of what made this... I don't know if it's going to have, like, sticking power in my head, but, like,
1: 400 Blows certainly has. Yeah. Um, mm-hmm. Well, yes, yes. And, I think 400, 400 Blows is is doing different things artistically yes. than this movie is. Um, I think, I think 400 blows is one of the few movies where I, where it could be described as a and I would just allow that. <laughs> like, yeah, I mean, I, yeah. Um, it's generally a political. Um, whereas this movie, this movie Pela wants to be a political and maybe it's my own biases of seeing, seeing this apparatus in, in, Functioning, (laughs) Um, uh, but there there are aspects of this movie where we see how the French social service system works and the people interacting with it. Where I think you can't show that without it being a condemnation of it. Well, here here's Uh, the thing, right? Is that like
0: that's that's true? I suspect if you went back and watched Four Hundred Blows, you would
1: find it to be more political than. than, Oh, I'm sure. I'm sure. We watched. That was literally I, 10 years I have ago. not actually revisited 400 Blows since we watched right. it for the Criterion Collection, mostly because I consider it a movie that is so stuck in my mind that I remember everything important about it, but I know I don't. Well, I, know I, I, I kind of exist in it, a different space so with it, which is like, I, like, I
0: kind of don't want to fuck yeah. my memories up of it. Like, I don't want to like... <laughs> right, right. I don't want to accidentally ruin it for myself. Um, but like... Yeah. What, I, what I'm saying is, is that in a lot of ways it does have a lot of similarities to this. Um, like... In four hundred blows, he's interacting with the system less, but he's still interacting with like right. sort of the sort of coldness of society towards children, the sort of disregard of children by society, and the yeah. and the idea that like and we we talk about this comes up in like internet discussions and stuff. Not that uncommon, uh, 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 uncommon, especially if you like follow a lot of education type stuff. Is that like the way we treat children is not as people? We don't treat them like real people right. who have like feelings and opinions. Right. That matter that are important. We, in this this movie, along and Four Hundred Blows fits into a very similar. Lots of movies about this topic do hit on that because it's very. As soon as you show right. the life of a child, you immediately run into the fact that oh, this is not a person being treated like a person. This is a person being treated like property, right. and unwanted children being like property that are not wanted, that is not wanted, and treated as right. such. Right. Right. Oh, we have to house this. Right, we can't right. We can't actually recycle this unwanted property, so we have to figure out something to do with it until we can actually, it reaches an age where we can begin to try to recycle it. And by recycle, I mean destroy right. it. Yeah. Like actually dispose of it physically, yeah. because that's what society does with un, unwanted adults. With unwanted yeah. children, it's like, well, we'll just pass it around until we can get rid of it.
1: I say I consider this a political film because of the, the biases and points of view I bring to it. Uh, and it seems like even some of the commentary I read and even some of the commentary we get from Criterion, including the essay, uh, maybe it's, you know, I don't have kids myself, but I'm a pretty sympathetic, empathic person. Uh, I don't use the term empath in the way that a lot of people <laughs> You're do. You're not using it in the, in of the way psychic it's thing, now. but Psychic uh, <laughs> thing, but I am empathic. I have empathy for people. Um and I have, you know, a undergrad study of pedagogy in enough that I was training to be a high school teacher, middle school teacher. Um, So I, I've got ideas on how to treat kids uh, that are not the ideas that the French social services system clearly had no, in it 1968, doesn't. but are also but are also not the ideas that Pelé was bringing to the table either. <laughs> yeah,
0: Pelé is a weird is a weird one, okay? Because um I can't get a full handle on Pelé's politics. Like this this movie is not very helpful for that because Pelé's saying things but he's really just sort of letting the story of the child be the 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 story. You know what I right, mean? Like right, right. he he doesn't he's not editorializing the way he is in the way he's not got that short which I cannot remember the name of it was called uh, Le More Exist oh yeah Um, Love Love Exists." so in that one we have our we have probably like literally editorializing and I watched it and I get the impression that I well no I can't I can't say because on the one hand he'll make comments about like the comments that feel very familiar to me in terms of like oh like you know Like, the system that we're in does this to people. It's bad. And then he'll make comments that feel very fascist-adjacent with regards to, like, architecture and stuff. The sort of thing that somebody with a Greek, like, philosopher's (laughs) head on Twitter would say about, like, modern architecture. Yeah. It's like, oh, you mean those buildings that are meant to house Uh, a lot of people. You think those are bad because they don't look the way you want them to. But, like... Right. are doing a really right. but you've you've ignored the important social value they have and then five minutes later you're gonna talk about how like society discards all these other people and that's bad. Like my man can you connect right. dot A and B please? Right. Can you like draw a line that like this is meant to help those yeah. people I don't it's really fucking just oh man, my head hurt a little bit.
1: I think I think More exists uh starts off strong. As critique of middle class excess uh, and um, well, not even excess, just of, of that consumerist attitude, I think there's a really great line early in that about everyone everyone being uh, everything in this neighborhood being about little things, your nice little house, right. your nice little garden, your nice little job. It's a nice little line. Um, but generally, the more exist feels like a bad Goddard. Um, yes i agree it feels like a bad godard in in even even worse than what we have considered bad godard in the past right uh like worse worse than even godard well i mean it feels it feels like a thing we complained um, about last week or i think it was last week
0: uh it feels last week would have been crumb right with crumb it feels like that sort of disgruntled politics with like without like true analysis without without any in-depth right. analysis of like causes and like, yeah and and even again, like if you're He's, gonna point at what's clearly pictures of social housing and like complain yeah. about the architecture of it, but not like from a like, oh, we should be treating people better and this architecture of the social housing should be better. But rather, from an, a purely aesthetic perspective of like this is ugly, and we right. everybody should be living in like French cottages off in the countryside, just fuck off, just like fuck all the way off, just go
1: oh. just
0: walk until yeah. like I can't Listen. even find you anymore,
1: please he he complains about the single family homes to the same degree as he complains about the single yeah I just don't care about the, people the, complaining about the social that housing in this they yeah. also sucked oh. So. Uh, because he's, he's right to complain exactly. about that. Exactly. Which is why and his he's, politics are he's really right confusing. To, he's, right. He's right to complain about the other one, but doesn't complain about it in a correct way. Right. Um he is, he is right in the thrust of L'Amour Exist to say that uh, the plight of the young growing up in uh, housing project uh, suburban.
0: Yeah, um, I mean, you know, he, he. Well, that's we also the problem is he's also mixing we, the suburban and the housing projects different. together, and these aren't even in the yeah. same location. Well, it's, it's it's the way weird.
1: It's just a weird yeah. way he's talking. It's also it's like translation. It's probably. also just weird the way the way Paris itself uses the term suburban. Right. Uh, is is basically the external neighborhoods of Paris. The the the. Uh, the urban sprawl, right. of Paris. Cause it, yeah, it's very um, confusing. Because so it's, it's like housing talking, projects, but it's
0: also suburban. And I'm like, and there's also single family homes. but there's, uh, yeah. it's it's a mash that I, my brain. Right. I've never been to Paris. I cannot right. comprehend what the dynamic here is, yeah. other than confusing.
1: Yeah, when when we're talking, when he's talking about the plight of of young people, he's talking about uh, the housing products. He Diagnoses them as as uh underfunded, which is true. He diagnoses them as underschooled, which is true. Yep. He diagnoses them as uh not having access to green spaces and parks, right. which is he true. He breaks out a lot of he very relevant them as over-industrialized. Statistics. All very yeah. useful. Uh, very good. <laughs> accurately diagnoses them as overindustrialized, as polluted, as noise polluted, uh being you know with the with the kids riding their bike right beside the on the on the road that dead ends at the airport uh it's you know there are there are aspects of that that are very very smart and could exist in uh something that is making smart commentary on the plight of the working class uh but his commentary here and he is making commentary here yeah whereas whereas with uh with M. new he's trying not to make commentary. Right, right. Uh, but he is making commentary and Le More exist. And it's just not on point. Uh, and he's confused about what he wants to say in a way that maybe makes sense in nineteen sixty for a guy who's Well you it in makes mid-30s. sense
0: in the it makes perfect sense in if you take into consideration the context of the rise of the neoliberal <laughs> order, right? Like he's, it's, yeah, he's on the yeah. early yeah. thrust of that, right? It's post World War II. He's like one of the generations that immediately follows World War II, right? Uh, he he literally re- yeah. he's would a, be old he's enough guy to run a age, it, right? Yeah, and, and, he was born in twenty five, right? I mean, he talks about it. I mean, like he talks about yeah. so he was German Nazis in France in in Limor exists not a lot, but he does. He talks about things that happened right. presumably. To him, or at least to his neighborhood. Um, and so, like, those are all very valid things to think about. But the that, that the direct knee-jerk response of the rise of the neoliberal world order is actually what he's complaining about. He just doesn't understand that that's what he's complaining about.
2: <laughs> right. Like, he,
0: right, he right. it's too—and yeah. to a certain extent, some of that, we run into that with other French— with the new wave directors and other people who are, I guess, maybe too early on the thrust and too uninformed to do a, like and like true analysis, yeah. and so just kind of be very French about it, and kind of just yeah. sort of piss and moan about and the things without any con, without any really analysis of any right, value. Right.
1: That stuff we complained about Godard before, but not, but perhaps less about Godard's actual films and more about like the interviews we, <laughs> yes, we yeah, see yeah. of Godard talking about his films.
0: Well, because like Godard's uh, films don't but, bother yeah. to complain, because Godard at that time is so obsessed with like American film and like making his own versions of yeah. it that we don't really get that heavily into like meaningful politics
1: with those those sick, like those early yeah. films, particularly events. yeah the pre the pre sixty eight ones particularly yeah. yes, yeah. So you know that's well, around. But, the same but time. we we and, have seen a
0: lot of directors who are essentially making films that are moaning and complaining about this right. thing in some capacity or another. The, the, the sort of disaffected youth and and, but like aren't analyzing why it's happening like what's going on here right i mean at least he used statistics so he got closer than they did so fuck good job i guess
1: (laughs) right 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 you know and it's not it's not like red desert it's not it's not someone completely misdiagnosing the problem (laughs) right 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 yes (laughs) like uh yeah or at least you know, Red, Des- Red Desert. Red Desert wasn't misdiagnosing the problem. Red Desert was misidentifying who the victim, who the victim was. I mean, right. Red Desert was a very was an uh, Red- odd
0: one. Like, let's be very clear. Red Desert
1: like- was a pro. Yeah, Red Desert was a pro industrialization <laughs> movie. Yeah. Whereas, whereas at least at least Le More exists recognizes that in- that industrialization is at odds with humanity, right? Um, yeah. And you know. Piela is I mean if I had to if I had to try to label him understanding that he self labels as somewhat conservative um that makes sense to me I'd say he's like there's a humanistic tick to him but he is he does come off as politically center right yeah I would agree Uh, yeah yeah and you know, that's fine. It's except, realist, right it becomes fine. too right. <laughs> it's not really. It's fine, not but actually whatever, fine. You know? but, okay, to... fine. <laughs> he's also not trying to make a movie that's arguing for something. Uh, no. Which, I no. mean, is part of the problem. With right, right. I mean, he's is just that it's not arguing
0: he's, for something. Yeah, he's just basically like, making a movie that is right. the, the film he's, version of, of, of whining on, on the internet, basically. But,
1: yeah. Well, he's trying he's trying to show the reality of the situation without taking sides. And that's really where it's dumb. Right. Because he's not he's not actively complaining about it in that, you know, he wants to make this movie because he's seen it and thinks people need to know. So there is a complaint in that, right? Just by its nature. That is something you could identify as complaining because you there was something in this that compelled him to want other people to see it. Uh, and it's not that it's good, <laughs> but, um, but yeah, you know he doesn't he doesn't come out of the system itself, no. the foster care system. So it's not it's not a personal thing, and it doesn't need to be a personal thing. And people, uh, he seems to have done enough research to make yeah, sure he's and accurately I don't, presenting. He his. seems to
0: have been attacked on from time to time right. for not making it. That he like yeah, which I don't I think, necessarily agree with. I mean, he does seem to again, as you said, done a lot of research. he got people involved who who I mean like literally there are actors in the film that are foster parents,
1: Yeah, like that's the thing yeah, that so. are actual foster parents i think I think the problem with PLA's approach to telling the story, which is probably the problem of most most approaches to telling this story would have been. Is that he's principally talking to doctors, yep. to social service workers, to foster parents. Yeah. And not to foster kids in a scholarly way or, or even in a... Even in even a, in a, hey, a sort of, in any real way that <laughs> that I can see.
0: Well, yeah. I mean, and you find that in the movie itself because the movie itself is in theory about Francois. But we get yeah. very little communication of Francois's internal life. Right. Like, we see Francois doing a lot of things, but what we actually see is more in line with, like, foster care doctor reports. Like, right. we don't... Under- or even foster parent reports. That's, that's what I mean. Yeah. It's like, they're all, they all have a third-person yeah. feel to them where, like, we don't get to understand francois as a person per se because we have no means of communicating that information to the audience and we didn't invent one because we don't know right like the documentary that accompanies this movie that was made by somebody else tells us more about the internal lives of foster kids than the movie that is presumably about foster
1: kids yeah And does so does so by interviewing Foster exactly that's exactly directly associated with the film presumably probably
0: what he should have actually just done like his initial inclination to make a documentary was probably the right choice and he should have just done the thing that the documentary that's based on his movie
1: did right right yeah that that bonus piece is a French television documentary um, from I think it's contemporary. Uh, it aired in January of 1969. Um, and it's, yeah, it's part behind the scenes of the movie, part about the movie, and part about the foster care system more generally than the movie's going for. And another thing another thing where that succeeds and the movie fails is that round table at the end where they're asking questions of a collected group of adults yeah. who grew up. Who have in a lot of, of
0: really stuff. valid and interesting insights <clears throat> to offer. Yeah. Because they've reached the age where they can articulate their feel like, you know, the right. foster kid the foster children interviews are interesting, but they're young. They have trouble articulating their thoughts and feelings in a way that is really like exploratory, right? Whereas the adults have now reached an age of maturity where they can like talk and like share yeah in a really deep ways what they're going through and and what, and the knock on effects as they've gotten older.
1: Right. And, and as a group of people and, and produced by a group of people, uh, who are willing to show us that there's no, there's no monolithic opinion coming from this round table. You know, it's the, these are people who, you know, they're not arguing per se, but they are disagreeing with one another about certain aspects of things, like particularly about, uh, wanting to know about their real parents right and you know, and whether or not the state not should offer helpful, or not offer that whether uh, that information important. willing right right um yeah yeah i mean it, yeah. it's it, who at, do you remember at the beginning of that section who is it who is it that they were trying to film where the guy comes out and demands all of their names was it just a representative of social services? I, it must
0: have been they don't i don't think they tell us it, it i think it has to be though yeah I think it like that's my that was my takeaway was like, oh, we're getting the runaround from, from the government. Yeah, like that's my takeaway. I don't, I don't, I don't think they bothered. I think we're supposed to know. I don't think they say. Yeah. But it's definitely somebody who's acting, who's There's, talking with a lot of governmental authority voice.
1: Right. Um, also in that documentary, they talk to a couple who seems to be the basis for the first family that Francois yes. is with in the first half of the movie. I found that section incredibly infuriating, not just for what the people said, but for the fact that there was no pushback against what the people said, no sort of follow-up questions that might help them discover something about themselves. Yeah. I mean, like when the, yes, that when yeah. the woman is, yeah. When the woman is describing how they first got into foster care, uh, it was basically, I was depressed and someone said, Hey, if you get a kid, it'll distract you. And then that was a horrible experience. Because, duh, yeah, well, and, it's and gonna be. Because I, I like, that doesn't yeah. work, you idiot. Yeah, it, it's that's not you can't you can't use uh, collecting a child as a panacea for your own problems. I mean, that's welcome to dumb. a
0: very large percent, like an, an uncomfortably <laughs> large number of parents in general, of, um, course. of course, not not just foster parents. Uh, yeah, I know yeah. it's, it, but like the thing is, like I, I get I get the documentary because like we're, we're gonna start a fight. <laughs> This interview, like I don't, know. right, like, right, right. If you thought that was a good idea, you can't, I don't know what I'm supposed to fucking yeah. say to you. you <laughs> like
1: you're yeah. dumb. You can't be antagonistic to your subjects. Duh. Yeah. Yes. Can't. It's like also, just like such a brawl
0: in this person, this lady's living room. <laughs> like, yeah. well, you're fucking stupid. Yeah. What are you doing? Uh yeah. no. It's just like yeah. I mean, other aspects. It's very clear that like, and I'm fascinated by the fact that that person kept going back into the system and and doing it more. Yeah, um, yeah. I guess it sounds like maybe she had a good experience with another. Like, because like, I, I got a little lost because with with all the parents, I get a little confused because like, they're naming so many people. But it seems like one yeah. of the children she ended up just raising as her own child, like f- to full adulthood, she... almost, right? I, it seemed like cause there was like one she described as being yeah. starting at like two until seventeen or something like that, which is like. I mean, probably you should have just stopped there. It's a long time. Like, yeah, you, you, you probably, well, I mean, I don't know what the age of maturation in France in 1960 whatever is. I assume probably, at 17 it's like, well, you're 17. essentially, so you're yeah. like legally liberated. And so it's like, well, you're done anyway. Um, but that one sounds like, well, you yeah, you raised a kid. Like, you should have just probably yeah. stopped there. You did a, you presumably did an okay job because they didn't take the child away from you at any point.
1: Not hard to right. say. You didn't send this one away either. Yeah, but then the rest of what she's saying is like pathologizing all foster kids is all bad. Yeah, no, all totally. 100%. They're, they're like, different. They're different from other children because they don't have real parents is a thing she literally says. Uh, yeah, I mean. They all misbehave at school. They all wet their beds. Yes. They all won't eat. She's, I mean, she, she's obviously talking about one bad experience. Yeah, that or, she
0: or is more, or, or more on than one all. bad experience. But like, she's yeah. she's also right. clearly not emotionally well equipped to do this. Like, she doesn't have the tools yeah. she needs. Like, and that's a condemnation of the foster right. system. Like, giving her kids at all, right? Like, right, right. They right. don't. And I, I am fascinated by this movie because I really, you know, I, it was an interesting insight into a lot of things. I am fascinated by the woman who walks into the foster care facility and is like, I want that one. I've had my eye on that one. Like, like she's at the fucking grocery store. I was like, well boy, this is, this is not going to end well because that two and a half year old is not going to have a good time.
1: The, the consumer nature of, of that scene, particularly of, uh, well, I hope you're not offering me another black child. Yeah, I mean, I, I, I was
0: not going to even talk to about the racism on top of that. I want, like,
1: yeah, I, I want this one. I've had my eye on this. It's one. so gross. And, and it, the person responding, oh, oh, he'll be delightful. For I, oh, I, um, it made
0: my skin crawl. I was like, <laughs>
1: you're going to let this person have a child? Like, and then what are you doing? And then did you notice? Did you notice when that family leaves that they put that child into a car with eight other kids? Yes,
0: and that child is screaming for mom. <laughs> Like I don't even know who yeah. that child is identifying yeah. as mom. It's it's right. very unclear, point, who knows? but somebody has yeah. been nice to that child and yeah. I I I who knows who yeah. it is, but some someone that child has identified as more loving than this people who just piled them into yeah. like I I don't know. It's a really fucked up system. I like I understand that a lot of foster care systems are fucked up, but like this was really yeah,
1: like deeply it. upsetting, and there, there are, and certainly in France at the time as well, and and in foster care systems around the world today, there are more children than there are available places for them to be, available perfect loving families, available imperfect but good families, uh, and as such, you know a lot of. You only read the really bad news stories, of course, you know. no one ever writes a news story about the the loving, perfect foster family who uh raised raised twenty kids um occasionally you'll get that when someone dies you'll get you'll get a essentially an obituary for like somebody who was like putting up, yeah. doing
0: a lot of good in the world basically yeah. um
1: yeah, yeah, but but you know, you you hear so many horror stories about foster parents who who abuse their kids, right. or or did X, or, or or murdered them, or you know, lots of. Well, lots which of which things.
0: is what does make the su- um, the primary subject of this film interesting, because a right, lot of this right. film is about an imperfect, but not like overtly bad foster family, that are they they have clearly problems. Yeah, but throughout the movie seem to at least as far as the movie portrays them seem to be trying to do a good job.
1: Yeah. Yeah. The first the first family is at their wits end with Francois. Which is, you know, understandable because he's he's a bad he's not he's not getting the social support he needs obviously from that family period, but also I mean the kid was abandoned you know, right there are there are psychological structures that he needs that do not exist right uh, in that in that system at that time and perhaps in the system now. Uh, so you know you gotta you gotta know that that's what's happening. you have to be able to recognize it and you have to have a structure for the parents as well to deal with that, not just for the kid. Uh, but their insistence that they treat both kids equally, when the daughter's got a room full of toys and, and posters he sleeps on the, on the wall, landing to the stairs, he's he's yeah he sleeps on the landing and you know, later talks about having postcards on the wall or a record player, but we don't see any of that in his in his landing Right. Well, room. and I don't
0: think that's a reference to um, her. I think that's a reference yeah, to a fantasy right.
1: mom that he made up.
0: That like we, we the, right, an interesting right, right. point that is about this movie is that while many things tend to mirror the real world, Francois seems to have a slightly different background than the person than the person he, the real person he's based on. Francois seems right. to have been abandoned when he yeah. was like 6 years old.
1: Yeah, it's, old far, it's hard old enough to remember like having right. a mom. Where did Yeah, where Didier the, the character is based off of that the yeah, that, yeah. The television documentary talks about was abandoned young enough that he doesn't really he have doesn't have
0: any memory. yeah working memories um, of any of any parents prior to entering the foster system, and that's an important yeah. difference though, because right like it's an important enough difference that it makes okay like just to take a total side, well, let's just take this little trip down the different lane to represent radically yeah. different psychological experiences for that those two children right like to the yeah. point where they're not analogous yeah, they're being used as analogous but they are not analogous right and is a problem yeah. with yeah and they're lots you know it's like right film
1: at, at its core <sighs> yeah yeah it's this film is at odds with itself in many ways but one of the things that I think We have to be cautious because generally Pila seems to be wanting to talk about the system writ large. Yes. But he is doing this by talking about a particular child within that system. Right. Uh, Without showing us a lot of other children within that system. Right.
0: We see. Said, I mean, the children that this this uh, kid comes into contact with, the Francois comes into contact, right.
1: and and as such, it leaves us with very much putting the audience in danger of doing exactly what the woman we were just complaining about in the in the behind the and scenes to be a, of pathologizing right. this kid's behavior onto all foster Which, children
0: at the risk of being reductive. I think Pilat kind of has done himself which uh, is yeah interesting yeah i think that's it's fascinating because the person he talked to to get into this seems to be is a is a child psychologist and it seems to be better informed right. and more in, in the interviews with him more um in the interviews with the documentary more has a broader view of what's happening here than yeah than these essentially what amounts to amateurs Pilot included right. who right. right. seem to have missed the point that like this isn't an inherent nature to these children you You need to understand that the system creates an environment that produces oftentimes produces certain results, and that those right. results can be avoided if the system is if right. if things operate the is, way they
1: ought to it is. It Treating is a foster home like a grocery store is not
0: the way that yeah. works.
1: <laughs> it's the machinery of the system that is producing those results, right. not not the input, right? Not the children going into. Right, that exactly. System. Uh, yeah, yeah. And there's, you know, there there is a little bit of pushback from the director in the film, right? Uh, with that first family, uh, when the mom complains about how Francois leers at their daughter when she gives him a bath, uh, or gives her a bath. And the director says, "Well, why are you? You don't have to give her a bath in a place he can see." Right. Exactly. Uh, And yeah, that's like the only moment of pushback.
0: I think that was probably one of those moments where even the director was like,
1: "What?" Like, yeah, yeah, like kind of caught
0: off guard to a certain extent by like an unexpected like bit of information.
1: But yeah, yeah, and I think even. Even psychology at the time and even the people uh, Piala had talked to should have been able to say to him in a way that he could have portrayed in the film that kids like Francois, who are acting out sometimes and are really nice sometimes, are just normal kids. Right. That's just how normal kids are.
0: Right. And, and you know, they're putting... And the, saying and, this is
1: a problem with foster kids. like.
0: Well, and specifically, you know, a lot of things he, get amplified by, by a lot of emotional trauma that, like, families that are entering yeah. into the foster system need to be properly prepared to, like, right. understand right. And, and learn how to yeah. deal with. Now, some of them and seem to arrive at those solutions organically to a certain extent as we get with the second foster right. family. It's like, well, if you do this enough times. Yeah, with the theories. You know, you, you yeah. can sort of figure out it how things out. work.
1: Right. Though the behind-the-scenes interview with the theories uh they said some things that i definitely cringed at oh yeah
0: me too totally <laughs> so, it's yeah. just that they seem to have yeah. like been just generally speaking more successful probably just because to a certain extent they're in a less i don't they, know how, like a less low a lower stakes environment in a certain way about how this has to work you know what i mean i don't i don't know how to explain they it are they very, are very
1: they are very gracious people period uh and there is a moment where where she's opening an envelope and says, oh, I was hoping it was this month's check. But that is that is one of the few times where where the money comes into play with the theories. Right. Uh, whereas where like, in the fictionalized version, the mom in uh, the first family says, well, it's not like we're doing this for the 220 francs a month. Right. Uh, well, my kind of takeaway like, on that uh, was, that I think
0: Pilate wanted to kind of emphasize the idea that, like, I I feel like he's trying to make a, a statement of like, well, this isn't really enough money to make this a like a good scheme right. to run. Right. Or something. Although clearly right. there are parents right. doing that. That's a thing, right.
1: <laughs> Like, like the other woman we see who's got nine kids. Yes, in the, the, car the now. grocery shopper. <laughs> yes, it's, who is maybe easy. doing that. Yeah, uh, yeah, yeah, and there are obviously. It is a low amount of money and is meant to to only take care of the kids. Uh, I think that someone like Pila would mention things like that as a means to say there are people gaming the system for for that amount of money. Uh, Which ultimately, beyond the scope of what he would want to say probably ever, but certainly in this film is that that's an indictment the fact that there would people it would be people who would abuse the system for 220 francs a month well yeah is an, an indictment, indictment of a on whole the entire thing. Yeah. system
0: well i find it that's interesting though the, bear in mind that the movie also starts with <laughs> w- appears to be protests striking for better labor conditions yeah is the opening scene so, of the movie uh which i thought was setting so us up for a lot more systemic analysis than yeah. than we actually got yeah.
1: the general sort of consensus on what he's trying to do there and and maybe from did you watch the the french television interview with him That's only about 80 i got to well.
0: about 10 minutes and then i had to go run an errand there's, so i gave
1: up there's not a lot of it in it there's not a lot of good in it period um but the general consensus seems to be that his starting with that is to establish time and class, not not to critique it, but to say this is a story about working class people, that's what i kind of walked away from it people with we would call working class yeah
0: I, that's how i ended up I kind of is. walking away from it because like there was no class analysis in this movie really yeah. like of any of any it was, value
1: i think it might have been lapote's uh, uh philip Lapete's essay it might have been kent jones talking about the movie but basically uh Basically says it's not. This movie isn't a celebration of the working class. It it is Kent Jones' uh, video essay. That's one of the best okay. features as well. And it's not a celebration of the working class, but a film made from the perspective of people who could be called working class, uh, which he points out is a big difference, and it is a right. big difference that this isn't a movie. You know, we start with that moment to say these are the sorts of people we're dealing with, and the sort of environment we're functioning in but it is not a movie from their perspective so much as about these people right yeah yeah I don't even think I don't even think I don't even think Jones is right to say that this is a film made from the perspective of people who could be called working class there are moments of that and there are moments of that where it's joyful and just sort of uh, almost uh, documentary about the culture of that working class like the funeral and the and the the uh the marriage scene particularly the wedding the wedding scene um where we just get to see that existing and we get to see Francois existing within right. that and happy for a moment in the celebration too uh, so there is that but it's still it's still too Clinical is not exactly the right word, but yeah, I think P.L.S. perspective is still too It's too reliant on what the adults in the situation no, are telling like, him is the reality of the right. situation. Well, I mean, what we talked for about at the to to be beginning true. is
0: it. it reads like he read a bunch of doctors and foster parent reports and then crafted yeah. a narrative based on those reports. Without right. actually like bothering yeah. to find out, like, well, what was the kid thinking about at the time, and like, where did they feel, yeah. and like, why, nice. what, why is, what is the this child, why did they choose to do the thing, like, why did they do the things they did, yeah. or why, why were, were they, you know, all the things that would be valuable information yeah. to like r- to craft a narrative that that had like humanity in it.
1: Basically, in the in the interview with PLA, which is its own French television interview, I think from from the mid-70s. Yeah, it's, it's like the first time it's shown
0: was. on TV in Japan, or in uh, France. Yeah.
1: There's a couple of interesting things out of that. One, the the very first question we get the guy asking, uh, I'd be surprised if the show actually started this way, but it is <laughs> how the clip we see starts, is uh, why he thinks the, fail, <laughs> the, uh, the film failed commercially, and whether or not he thinks it's because the French do, <laughs> don't do do social films, uh, which is in quotes as if that's a, a phrase Used right. as an excuse about social films, which is interesting in the early seventies because so much of the French films we've seen from right. the late sixties, early seventies are very much social films. Social films. Yeah. yeah, I that yeah. his answer to uh, that
0: is fascinating mainly because I can't seem to see if he can form a thesis. Uh, it's right? a very confusing, right? yeah, rambling answer. That really, is
1: a problem, right? First off, he tries to say that's not a social film. Uh, he then says that failures for a movie's commerciality uh or or commercial success uh stem wholly from the director which he means self-deprecatingly but then doesn't really expound on in a self-deprecating and actually seems to try manner. to weasel his way out of uh,
0: over the course of the rest of the discussion like the, yeah. the like what he says yeah. where he kind of like well what yeah, i mean then also,
1: is is that like
0: and then like sort of yeah. explains his way out of it it's very strange
1: yeah but then also in the course of that very rambling answer says that this is a movie he knows he himself would not want to see, which is very interesting. Yeah, it's a very interesting thing to uh, say.
0: He also then eventually gets to the point where he's like, well, I mean, he doesn't say this, but he ba- basically says it's a social film and social films don't do well. And I was sort of ill advised. I I was told by people I shouldn't have made a social film, but I did. Uh, it was fascinating. It, it's a, It's fascinating in the way that yeah. like. Somebody can essentially walk you through all of their sort of like problems without actually recognizing right. that they've just walked you acknowledging through acknowledging yeah, any of all them. their problems. Yeah. And in my <laughs> head, the whole time when I was watching, it's interesting that we we eventually talked about there. It's it starting as a documentary. In my head, when I was watching, I was like, "Well, that's because you should have just made this a doc. You should have just made this the movie that we watched as the the directors or the uh, the- you should have just made a documentary. Yeah. You the reason why it wasn't popular, yeah." Is because you didn't make a doc the thing you said you wanted to make at some point, which is a documentary about these things, which people probably would have really gotten into because, yeah. like, he's like, well, the newspaper art- the news articles were about this were really popular, uh, and I thought that meant people had advertising. I was like, yes, because those were documentarian. Yeah, people didn't want to see a, b- a relatively poorly crafted narrative right. about right. this. They wanted yeah. to hear. About the real lives of these children, presumably, <laughs> those what those right. articles were.
1: And presumably, someone writing a journalistic approach to this would have also interviewed those children, and that would have been something that, that triggered interest. Then. That's exactly,
0: yes. that's what I'm assuming, right? Yeah. That's another, what I mean, is, yeah, like, it, it would have been in a style where you actually right. learn about their internal lives. and yeah. in Another
1: aspect another. Uh, he talks about is that it was- Not guaranteed. It was originally, uh, there at least talks to make it for television- Instead of as a feature, uh, but he wasn't part of those talks because he yeah. wasn't a producer on the film, so he doesn't know what happened to that, uh, which is very interesting. But the other, the other real, real big thing from that, and might have, might have happened after you had to turn it off. I suspect it did because I don't uh, know where this is going. Is that the original idea for the ending of this film was to have Francois commit suicide based on not didier who we obviously see alive in the behind the scenes documentary from from 69 uh but based on experience he's had with or stories he had heard about foster kids uh eventually committing suicide so he wanted to end this film with francois hanging himself uh glad that didn't happen I guess.
0: <laughs> yeah, I mean I would I would say that that the as it stands, the ending where it's a letter is probably one of the better yeah. parts of the movie. Because it's well partially because it's the only time we hear yeah. Francois's Listen,
1: voice essentially. I like I like sentimentality. I acknowledge that. Uh I think anyone who's listened to this podcast for long enough knows that. Me too. Uh Yes, we're, we're, we are, we, yes. And maybe that's that's one of of my problems with this movie is that there's not sentimentality and the ending is more, (laughs) the most sentimental (laughs) of anything that happens in the movie basically is that letter at the end. Uh, But (laughs) I think in, and again, this falls back to uh, Piela, Wanting to tell a story that is broadly about the entire foster care system, but telling it through the particularities of a kid whose internal lives he is not interested in showing us because he wants he wants us to draw our own conclusions from the facts or whatever. Uh, It's a very non-sentimental approach to this story uh, that I am off put by. Uh, But if he had if he had ended, I get it. Yeah. If he had ended this with. While committing suicide. I think I would have just burned my computer. I think I just would have. <laughs>
0: I mean, I think I I think that like I, I can hang a lot of my hat on on even little yeah. bits of sentimentality, which is what sort of in many ways rescued yeah. the movie for me. Um I didn't like it like exactly. Like, I mean, here's the thing like I like I, I have a mixed relationship with movies about yeah. Kids, especially kids going through like hard experiences, like I find that a com- I find that a both a very difficult thing to watch and also a very compelling thing to watch, even yeah. when it's not a very good version of it. Uh, and so like this one is a not very good version, but like I still find it compelling because like I start imbuing Francois with humanity and personality that the movie mm-hmm. is not actually offering to me. Uh, and I've just decided to give him because I I I need I I have you know I have children I sort of do that to children I see on TV anyway. I am I can't it's sort of an un, it's sort of a, a thing yeah. that is kind of beyond my control, right? Like I see children and I automatically start imbuing them with things that i don't even know necessarily but because i you know you just sort of start doing it right it's a part of this whole the whole sort of cycle of empathy with children right like when you as a you know you sort of just start like well i don't know anything about you but i have to assume that you are
1: yeah. and that's
0: a, a, a person with feelings yeah. and i'm going to give you those things even if i don't and know and i think who we can approach this
1: movie you. and see you know as as people with knowledge of kids uh <laughs> as people who've, who have studied pedagogy, as people who have, uh, you know, so knowledge from kids, not just from personal experience, but also from, from scholarly experience, right? No, no, I mean, you know, <laughs> we, we
0: both have degrees in this topic, so uh, it plays a can, role in it. We sure. can
1: see moments in this film where where something broader could be interpreted. You know, we see uh, Francois, you know, he does... Petty stuff on his own, yes, but but the big crimes he commits are always to fit in, and are always the the other kids, right. the Absolutely. other boys around him, who are presumably not foster children, but just neighborhood kids. Uh, both both in the first family and the second family, uh, Francois does the action, but is the action that a group of kids like that would have goaded each other into doing, and then maybe no one ever would have actually done it. But Francois, because of his because of his background, right, wants mean, to belong. I, right. So he wants to do that thing.
0: Right. And is willing yeah. to take it slightly and further, that's,
1: right? Is willing to, to that's actually true of the, cat. the action. That's true of the railroad ties off the bridge. That's true of the stealing ice cream in the, mm-hmm. in the uh, movie theater. Um, you know, and there are, again, there are plenty of other times where he commits little petty things on his own that that aren't just to fit in. They are just acting out for the attention or for the control of his life. Uh, you know, I can, this movie is not ex- interested in explaining why he does anything here, but I think it is also, I think it succeeds in not showing us anything, that it would be perhaps unrealistic for a child in this situation to do. I think we can.
0: Right. I mean, one, and it to a certain extent also avoids doing things that are like, to a certain extent, damning him in a lot of the ways that like, it seems like PLAT maybe be willing to do. And certainly some of the people he actually talked to would have done, you know what I mean? Like that first foster family is people he may have, he seems to have actually talked to. And and he does seem to avoid doing what they're doing, which is like, right. no, this is yeah. just a bad egg. They're all bad. I eggs. don't think like, this movie, you know, border borderline getting into the point where like, there's a reason why the yeah. parents got rid of him. <laughs> like, it's kind of where it almost it's feels weird. like they're headed. It's weird because
1: even um, like the the synopsis of this film that I read in a couple of different places sort of writes Francois off as a bad egg, or like, or like says that it ends in a way where the audience will know that that he's not perfect in the end. It's like, well, of course he's not perfectly, and he's still a human being. So, um, yeah, yeah. I mean, he's he's, he's, yeah, he, yeah. he's a
0: human uh, child. Well, this yeah. is how this works. Well, um, yeah. I mean, well, what I mean though is that, like, um, yeah. I mean, I get, you know, and I and I wonder if because of kind of the unique confluence of our backgrounds and our own personal things, like it's hard to separate those things out, right? Our own what we're bringing, the yeah, baggage we're yeah. bringing into this. Means that like I started like mentally trying to like understand Francois in a way that I'm not right. sure that the standard audience right. is meant to
1: do. I'm not sure that P.L.A. wants us to do. Like you right? know
0: what I mean? I'm I you know and and you like, are too. Like right and and I think that can yeah. be construed yeah. as a bit of a problem. We're, right? We're doing a lot of legwork that Pilat is, L. L. is not into actually this movie, doing uh,
1: with a critique of the actions presented in this movie because because you and I are looking at this movie and immediately thinking. Uh what could we do that would have a better chance of saving Francois than what is actually being done for him?
0: Right. Exactly. Yeah. It's it's yeah. almost impossible not to anyway. And like and that's kind of where I get into like, well my my this film was not successful. And it's like, well, here's the thing, right? Is that like you really engender in, in your audience yeah. only one of two responses either what we're doing or what yeah. that foster well, family did. You know what I mean? Like you're either going to write off this yeah. kid as just I think that's true garbage, or you're going to immediately start thinking like, well, what else? What what could we have done to? And like that's not right. necessarily a pleasurable yeah. film. I think watch. that's your experience. It makes for, it's much more pleasurable in right. a documentary environment where you understand that like these are real stories that people of things that happen to people that are real, yeah. and like we should. You, you have a different response to that, right? Now you're suddenly in an environment where you're like, oh, I need to try to understand... Switching gears people. a
1: little bit, because I do want to talk about this, um, but maybe not switching gears, because they're also intertwined. I think another reason that audience didn't respond to this movie isn't just story, but the way Pilod makes a movie, the way, the way he presents a narrative. Because uh, I do think that, well, from a stylistic standpoint, I like that sequence where... It's Francois being held down by Grandpa, uh, being having his face slapped with the dry towel. Uh, then cut to him being asleep, and Grandma yes. and Grandpa, or at least exhausted, and Grandma and Grandpa talking about Grandma saying, "Oh, he'll, you know, he's so bad," and Grandpa saying, "Just wait, it'll get better. It always gets better." And then immediate cut to Francois helping him fix the door. And talking about his future and what he wants to do when he grows up Uh, with no with no transitions. Just cut, cut, cut. Uh, I like that. Right. But I can understand an audience wanting those transitions, wanting the shots of the door opening, the door closing, the lingering after a scene ends.
0: Yeah, that's interesting. Yeah. I mean, I didn't think about that because I also like that style. Uh and so I never really considered the fact that that might be an uncomfortable style. It doesn't help it doesn't hurt that like we 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 you and I live in a world a mo- yeah. we live in the modern world. And in the modern world there are things like TikTok <laughs> where we've all gotten very yes. used to hard cuts. Like we've all gotten very yeah. used to a hard cut. Well, it... hard cuts are not exactly the most pleasant things where... to go through. And are not exactly common. Where the hard cut
1: intertwines exactly. with, his, with the story he's telling is that the hard cuts, those sort of lingering right. shots are also part of where, where an audience gets to fill in someone's mental space. while While they're walking away from the camera. Right. While they're looking away, while they're just sitting there or a door closes or a car drives away. Those are moments where, uh, the audience has a breathing room right. to fill in gaps that Pilar does not allow us to have here, uh, which prevents us from right. getting into I mean, Francois's yeah. head narratively. Uh,
0: right. I mean, I, I would say that, like, well, what's fascinating about the ones specifically you named is, like, that's one of the few times where he does offer us a little bit of insight into... Right. Francois as a person is like when he's hanging out with grandpa and like they're just shooting the shit essentially while they're well while grandpa's fixing a
1: door. So another thing I read that sort of affects uh, and and is again intertwined is that uh, the actor who played Francois said in a later interview and I think I'm drawing this from the uh, Philip Lapote essay if I recall correctly. Um, that he had said that one of the quirks of Pielot's filming technique is that Pilot essentially didn't have a script. Okay. And with the theories, that works because they're essentially playing themselves, right. slightly fictionalized versions of themselves, but are still true to the spirit of their function. Yeah, I mean, and, and honestly, based the, on the uh, documentary, the co-writer says. They're
0: extremely difficult yeah. to discern the difference between the film te- theories and the documentary <laughs> theories. It's right, like, it's, right, it's right, very right, blurry. Yeah. There's only minor yeah. The, differences.
1: Yeah. Another bonus feature talks to uh, Arietta Langman, who is the co-writer, and Patrick Grandpere, who is the assistant director. Uh, the interview done in 2003. Um, and she says that the theories essentially wrote their own part, staying true to their function in the script, but also playing themselves. What the actor who played Francois had said was that there essentially was no script? There was no dialogue in the script, so he was left to his own devices to fill in dialogue and to say what he felt should be said. Well, this is a ten-year-old boy, right, who's never acted before, and so is also not a exactly and is
0: also not say. a foster right. a child in the foster right. system. So he has no and, real ground right. to stand on,
1: right? So, so mostly that works if he's asked if he's asked a question that he doesn't know the answer to a lot of times that is a question that Francois would not know how to answer in a way that um, you know I don't I don't think the actor's thinking about this but there's a lot of times a child in Francois situation particularly but a child in general doesn't want to say a thing that's going to get him in trouble and when getting you in trouble also means you might be sent back to the uh, to the uh, orphanage to the to the child grocery that adds store that extra pressure to it yeah yeah, yeah. To the child warehouse, uh, that that adds to that pressure. So there are times when Francois asks asked a question, and uh, and the actor doesn't answer, where that makes sense. Uh, but that also keeps us from learning anything about Francois. In well, it also life. just means that yeah, uh, like what
0: we end that, up we paint a very specific picture of Francois as extremely yeah. reticent to engage anybody verbally right like he a lot of times his answer is just a weird (laughs) grunt or like
1: yeah so he's he's willing to occasionally talk with grandpa he's willing to talk with uh great grandma nana uh you know that's really sweet the way the way that relationship is is established but he only answers questions that are from from people who are asking him questions in a caring manner basically right (laughs)
0: Yeah. Right, and I mean, and that's not, I mean, that's not the worst characterization in the world. Like, I mean, especially with Nana, like you get It's right. like who knows how this all came about, but like she's also engaging with him right. as like in a very specific way that like you could see, he could you could understand. Like, it's a very good acting job by by the person who plays Nana. Like, yeah. oh, this is a person yeah. that is is yeah. is just. She's being nice and is it is and is treating me very yeah. kindly and also uh it's very fun. Those I like those scenes a lot. Like his time with Nana is, is yeah. very that, interesting.
1: That actress is also very delightful in the behind the scenes yes, yeah. nineteen sixty-eight French television series where where uh the interviewer asks her about playing playing characters who are always close to herself. And she's like, what, you expect me to play an ingenue? Yeah. It's, <laughs> yeah. yeah. I'm a ninety year old woman. What do you what do you want from me? Yeah. Right. I'm gonna play people who are like me. But she's still she's yeah, fantastic. I, I found her parts she's, of the she's film she's really delightful.
0: Like, we yeah. we complain about Francois's characterization, but like yeah. his time with her is very is very successful. It's like one of the more successful parts of the film is
1: It yeah. it's really comes yeah. down and to the times where he and Right. Yeah, the times where he and Grandpa are alone, too, I think are yes, very successful. Yeah. Particularly, you know, a lot of that time is Mr. Thierry talking to this kid as if, as if he were a foster kid, right? Right, and, and that's where... And, the, and yeah showing exactly. him these neat little things. Well, and that's right?
0: what gets interesting. If if, um, if the whole thing about there not being a script is is, is, is the thing, well, like, yeah, now you're engaging well, with being, him as not a... not being dialogue. Right, Let's, sorry, not having a dialogue script specifically. <laughs> Well, yeah. when you get into that, yeah. now you are it's easy to understand. Well, like, oh, well, he's engaging with him like a real 10-year-old would be engaged, like why he, right. the way he would engage with a real 10-year-old. If you're talking to a 10-year-old, you talk to a 10-year-old in a way where, like, oh, like this will get the 10-year-old to talk to me. <laughs> like, I if I want a 10-year-old to talk to me, I have to talk to a 10-year-old in a way that will get a 10-year-old to talk to me. I can't just, like, throw random shit at him and hope it, like, will work. You talk to them. You, you have age appropriate conversations that are geared towards the like level of understanding of the person you're talking to, right? And Nana's quite good at that too, because Nana clearly had I don't know like if the the actress whether the actress had children or not, she clearly knows how people talk to children. You know what I mean? Like uh right. in an engaging way that like gets them interested in, in in participating.
1: Yeah. Yeah. I don't I don't know I'm sure we may have even talked about it at the time. But I'm betting that for 400 blows, Truffaut gave Jean-Pierre Leaud dialogue. I would, I would go out with and say yes, yeah, Uh, yeah, Um, and pulled pulled a much better. And it's it's maybe even telling that Leaud goes on to have a very full acting career after 400 blows, and. Yeah, I don't even remember this kid's real name.
0: Well, uh, I mean, like there's no I don't but, I'd have to go to IMDB. There's no cast list on
1: the, the Wikipedia. Yeah. So uh but he he has very limited, he's got some TV roles. Um Michel Terrazon is his name. Uh and he's got some T V roles after this, but nothing. You know, not a lot of stuff, and he's solely a child actor. He does nothing after nineteen seventy
0: three. Yeah. I mean well, and the you know, we've we've talked about this with like it, it it's weird how um in this Pillot sort of straddles a weird line with like the French New Wave and stuff in the sense that we talked about like you talked about that sort of like forgotten generation or something like that. But also like yeah, he's yeah. using non actors, which is very much in line with what we think of with that kind of category of filmmaking. But not quite making one of those kinds of films, um, right? It's really interesting in that way, and like one of the hallmarks of a lot of those, like I'm not using like I'm not using actors. I'm using is that they almost always the directors who are successful in that environment are extremely heavy-handed with the way they treat those non-actors to the point where like they might as well be actors by the time it's all said and done, right? Like that's a whole. Right. The whole thing we've talked about numerous times was yeah. like, yeah, like that. I don't know what yeah. the, the what the Something, goal of that is. If you're going to make the person into an actor by the time it's over, anyway, like I don't know what you're right, trying to get out right, of it. Right. Which, yeah. which, to Something his credit, Pilat LePo- does not do with the Theories. They right. successfully They're play themselves, themselves. and are very yeah. endearing, and yeah. then like also are not interested in acting anymore. <laughs> yeah,
1: right. Um, another thing Lapote points out in in talking about the ending of this being in a suicide in one versions of it. Um, but also talking about Pilate style compared to other directors, other contemporaries is to point out that Bresson's mouchette, which also ends with a suicide of a teenage girl, uh, was filmed at the same time that this movie Mm -hmm. was being filmed or came out the year that this film movie was being filmed. Uh, Bresson is, you know, you can never compare to Bresson. No, Bresin that's like, it's not, it's not a good thing to class. Yeah. Bresson's career is long and he is always doing something different yeah. to what the mainstream is doing. Uh, he also, Pialat also gets compared a lot to John Cassavetes. It's been a long time since we watched a Cassavetes film, but we, we, yeah, that's Criterion. Unfortunately, gave us all of Cassavetes in one big box set. Uh, right. had like six films in a row. Um, Or five films in a row. And it was great, and I remember most of them um, very well and very fondly. Uh, But Pielak gets compared to Casavetes as as sort of the working-class realism. Um, And I don't know. I don't know that that holds true to my— I don't think of working-class realism when I think of Casavetes. Even Woman Under the Influence, which is a very raw and real working-class film, is still stylistically— an enough different to what we're seeing here that I, I don't know that I understand that comparison and, and it seems like a lot of people make that comparison mm-hmm. just because they were contemporaries um and making films at the same time. Uh, but yeah, I don't know. I don't see it, but maybe if I revisit Casavetes, I would see it. Uh,
0: who knows? Yeah. I mean, I don't, yeah, I can't, I can't, I, yeah, I don't have yeah. sort of the space in my head to, Yeah. I don't know. I have yeah. no idea at this point.
1: But yeah, it seems like, you know, the commercial failure at this does lay pretty heavily on P a even as he tries to, yeah, uh, have a weird conversation, where he <laughs> sneak out of it. agrees <laughs> to it. And then weasels his way out of it because, yeah, because so much, so much of what's off pitting, uh, putting about this movie are decisions he actively made either in production planning or editing so uh yeah who knows whatever uh it's a fine movie um i'm glad that it wasn't more depressing than it could have been (laughs) i mean i
0: i yeah Uh, i was not sure what to expect like you know you read the synopsis and you're like well this is this could go a host of different ways that are not going to be
1: i i do think that coming out in 1968 it would have been more successful if it were actually a social film uh, yeah, I I, I, I actually can, do. I career. can actually imagine, I can actually imagine a lot of audience members in in '68, uh, coming into this movie and being super on board for the first minute and a half. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And as soon as we leave that, as soon as we leave that workers' march, yeah, they're like, oh, I, mean, I think I could go get lunch. Yeah, I mean, uh,
0: yeah. Well, I mean, especially like, yeah, the the workers' march gives you gives you the feeling that there's gonna be a lot of sort of social analysis a lot of like right the, the movie yeah. will be drawing conclusions uh just based on that idea and then you're like, well this movie's not drawing any conclusions really um, yeah
1: yeah, and it just sort of just sort of sits there and lets us doesn't even give us time for ellipses uh more more like. More like uh M dashes is right. what we get between yes. films than ellipses. Uh or between between scenes, between sections. Uh but uh but yeah, it just sort of lets us draw our own conclusions in a situation where you really should have just been condemning that system P lot. Right. because uh, it's a bad system. And you know it's a bad system. It's why you show us some of the stuff you show us. Uh so, just lean into that, just do it, i guess but but he didn't, and it's you know that was sixty years ago, so i can't can't go back and change it now, no, um, yeah,
0: I mean, I mean, in fact, yeah. he in many ways he does the opposite right because he he picks a fan like he chooses in the end, it ends up being a movie primarily about a family that is is not the it's certainly not the worst example of what this system could be, and is. Right, certainly right, is, right. yeah,
1: um, yeah. Which is they're flawed, which is, but again, they're not. they sort of as a as problem because be. because he shows us he shows us a nice family that seems to be doing its best without showing us. I mean, Francois does definitely do better under uh, with the Thierys right. than he does yes. with the first family. That is that is one hundred percent true. So so P. does successfully show us that with with empathy and with grace. uh and with acceptance, kids like Francois can, can change and grow. Uh, he doesn't show us having giving those kids a chance to thrive. Even no. uh, even Raoul is not thriving with the theories. In that interview that Pialat that gives, he also says that uh, foster kids are never given the opportunity to thrive. That he knows one foster kid who became a general, but that's not the norm. And mostly, they're not—they're not, they're not giving the opportunity to become to themselves. I would have loved if Pila allowed us to see uh, François thrive.
0: Yeah, I agree. I wish, but then, then we, we that, loop back to why I would have been much happier with yeah. a documentary in the first place, right, because right. like, and again, you could have you—you yeah. you could have interviewed the theories, You could have inter—you—you you know, you interview. Um, I keep forgetting the name of the kid that that François is actually based off of. It starts with a D. Didier. I, what is it? It's Didier. 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 That's that's why D-I-D-I-E-R. I can It just that name just doesn't yeah. click as a name for me, unfortunately. Yeah. Like so, Didier. Right. Like he has a really inter- interesting. His interview is very interesting that we get. It's too short. We could have used twenty yeah. more minutes of that at least. Could have interviewed you. You do more time with the the adults that we get at the end. But if you combine all that together, what yeah. you find is like an interesting sort of overview of like oh. Right. Like, yeah, kids do do better when the system, like, in the system when, like, people are loving and accepting and, like, yeah. And then, like, and then kids do work out okay. I mean, do, like, a bunch of accountants and, like, and, like,
1: social ministers and stuff, you know. Turns out, turns out, people thrive uh, when given the opportunity to thrive and the care. Of a you know of a structure of a system that that actually cares for them right well, people do good and that's and that's what's uh,
0: interesting is right is it's not even in a documentary you don't even have to do that much work to get that across all you need to do is like right give some interviews with different people in different posi- situations and sort of like let them explore on camera yeah. like it's, where they are and how they got there I don't, like
1: I don't know ultimately it seems like. Yeah. And this happens occasionally. I don't know that it's happened with a movie we've seen before, but we can think of examples of it really happening where where reality just has the leftist bias. where right. well, yes, yes, yes. When yes. PLA comes to this information, sees the obvious conclusion, but says, well, I reject that obvious collusion and conclusion because it doesn't fit my politics. Therefore, I have to make this movie that both sides it.
0: Right, yeah, well, uh, we, we've run into that countless times, right? Like, that is just...
1: Yeah, yeah.
0: Uh, well, and, and we run I mean, into that every day in our real lives, right? Where, like, rather than draw right, the obvious right. conclusion, somebody has to, like, bend over backwards to find a way to make it, po- like, both sides, uh, you know, yeah. seemingly at least seem reasonable, reasonable or unreasonable. Yeah. Yeah. It, it, yeah. I mean, really what I'm saying is, it's like, I want more documentaries, le- less, fewer, less than acceptable narratives. So, Criterion, if you're listening, I know you're not because you're, A, not a person. Uh, but, B, it's, this is our podcast. But, like, come on, man. Just more more documentaries well, here. Just, like, give me more documentaries. Well, listen.
1: I think maybe as Criterion fires more people, it is more likely oh, no. that one decision maker. makes me so sad. That's that so we'll- sad. <laughs> yeah. Uh, well... I think we can pull this one to a close. This week we've been talking about Nu from 1968, directed by Maurice Piela. Next week we'll be talking about another Nagisa Oshima film. Uh, we talked about *In the Realm of the Senses* and *Empire of Passion*. Only a little over a year. It wasn't that half, long ago. I yeah, I mean, they that's, like talk about recent. movies that stick in yeah. your head. Boy, how they were. They're, they were movies that stick in our head, too. They, they feel like we watched them yesterday. Uh, but we'll be watching Merry Christmas, Mr. Lawrence from 1983, starring David Bowie. and directed Oh, by we're going to have a lot of so conversations very about David Bowie. You watch out. <laughs> oh, boy. Can't wait. Thank you so much for listening to Lost in Criterion. I am, as always, the Adam Glass. With me, as always, John Patrick O'Atari Dorian. And we'll see you next time. Bye. Bye. has been Lost in Criterion, hosted by me, Adam Glass. Find me on Twitter at TheAdamGlass. My co-host is John Patrick Overtari-Dorgan. You can find him on Twitter at JPatrickDorgan. Big thanks to Jonathan Hape for our theme song. Check him out at jonathanhape.bandcamp.com or hear more from him on any streaming service. Also thanks to all our Patreon supporters, iTunes reviewers, and Redbubble customers. And hey, thank you for listening.